Hello, hello, hello. Good afternoon, good evening, good morning. You are tuning in and listening to The Cinematic Odyssey here on United to the Moose and on your favorite streaming platform. We're here today for a new special bonus episode uh, for Halloween. And uh, we're going to be talking about a film that I really didn't want to watch because I was terrified. But honestly, it didn't end up being that bad. I was a little too scared, I think, coming into it. Um, but we're talking about Hereditary this week, or today, or for Halloween. Um, yeah, Hereditary film came out in 2019, uh, directed by Ari Aster. I believe this is his directorial debut. And this is a film that's gotten an insane amount of uh, critical reception, uh, universal acclaim, both from critics and audiences alike. Um, it's a film that I've kind of wanted to watch, but also have avoided because I don't really like horror films. But essentially, it's a, it's a, for those that don't know, it's about a family, um, whose matriarch, uh, the, the mom, the, the mother who's played by Tony Collette, her name is Annie Graham, uh, her mother passes away in the beginning of the film, and so then, what begins to occur is very odd. Uh, things happen to the family. Um, her daughter gets beheaded. And then... Yeah, really, really weird stuff begins to occur, such as you got demons involved, um, conjurings, seances, um, you know, the devil, um, some crazy demon lore gets involved in this film uh yeah it's it's a wild ride it's a wild ride and i don't know i guess i wasn't expecting um that turn i really because again i i kind of came into this very blind i i really didn't know what to expect i mean i knew it was a horror film but I didn't know it was going to take this turn. I didn't know there was possession involved and all that. Um, but yeah. Fair enough. <clears throat> Valid. Yeah, and a very small cast. Um, really only four major characters. Five if you want to count the... Uh, I mean, there were six credited actors um, with named characters. And then an uncredited performance from the grandmother. Uh, who appears in in photographs and kind of has a decapitated body cameo, but um, Tony Collette, Annie, the mother, Gabriel Byrne is Steve, the husband, uh, father of the family. Um, Alex Wolf plays the uh, oldest uh, child of Annie and Steve, Peter, and then the youngest is Charlie, played by Millie Shapiro. Um, Charlie, probably short for Charlene, but daughter. And then there are friends, a friend of um, Annie's, Joan, played by Ann Dowd, and then uh, a crush of Peter's in school, Bridget, played by Mallory Bechtel. Um, small cast, tight-knit, we, we see the same people all the time, we kind of just get to watch their faces turn from generally depressed into objectively horrified. And... I watched. I made sure to watch this in the morning, because I thought, oh, it'll be light out, everything will be fine. 
nope, it's overcast, it's foggy, it's misty, it, there are dark shadows in the room behind me, and I don't want to turn around. <laughs> what a moment. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, I, I watched this at night with the lights on, though. Lights on. I didn't turn the lights off. I wasn't like, going to watch this with the lights off. Heck no. But uh, I was, I after the, after it finished, I was kind of like a little paranoid. I was looking behind my back. You know, when you, 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 you see things obscured in the mirror and you, you look, they look like figures to you. But in reality, it's just your mind playing tricks on you. That's kind of what I was experiencing um, after I finished watching the movie. Uh, but now I'm fine. I'm fine. I didn't have any nightmares or anything, thank God. So <laughs> we'll see how tonight goes for me. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not. I'm not feeling too great about it. I'll be honest with you. There. <laughs> it's okay, Max. It's okay. It's just a movie. It's just a movie. Terrifying, mm-hmm. but just a movie. Um, as I mentioned, um, you know, this film since its release has kind of spawned. Well, I think there's a couple of things that are, that I think are worth talking about. First off is Ari Aster and kind of like this fan base that he's, uh, gotten from this film and Midsommar as well. And also like the reputation around A24 kind of being um, exploded. Like, this was kind of like the launching point of it becoming this production house or um, distributor becoming such a cultural staple in uh, the more less mainstream circles of, of American film, the, the American film community, however, or just the film community at whole. But like A twenty four is is, br- is broken th- beyond that threshold where it's not as uh, obscure, I suppose. But now it's kind of like a mainstream kind of thing that a lot of people know about uh, if they're in the know, you know. And so I think this film was kind of that that uh, that launching point for A twenty four and Ari Aster, of course. Because um, I mean, you know, you see the reception of this film and. A lot of people consider this to be uh, one of the best horror films of the generation Um, and one of the best horror films of all time. And I do want to talk about that and I want to get your thoughts on that. Do it. However, you know, with me, I don't really think so. I don't think that's the case. And I, I haven't seen that many horror films. I have seen some of the classics like Halloween, you know, the thing, the shining. I've seen funny games house. Um, there's probably other films that I, that I can't, Oh, the silence of the lambs. You know, I've seen those, those horror films. Those are like classics, uh, especially the, the American films that I mentioned. Um, Oh, Alien. I've watched Alien as well. I've seen that. I mean, you know, those are groundbreaking works in the genre. And I don't, I don't know. I don't really kind of get that feeling from, from this film. Um, but that, I, I guess we can have a, a conversation about that before. But I want to, I don't know, want to get kind of gauge your first impression 
from it. I mean, again, the seeing things in the shadows, the seeing things that aren't there, the people appearing in the background, terrifying. And that's exactly why I'm paranoid. That's exactly why I'm terrified of, of these types of films. Um, but, like, the, the thing that I was really concerned about was the fact that it scientifically is a scary movie. Um, there was a, a study that's done every year to retest and test how horror film and suspense affects the human body. And so, you know, there's been a series of studies, and I think they, they come up with some different results. Some factor in stress levels. Some just do it off of um, resting heart rate or versus um, average heart rate. But uh, the, the one that I have in front of me puts Hereditary as the fifth most scary film. Um, in I, I, w I won't say in existence, but of those scary films that are um, considered to be good. Behind The Conjuring, Insidious, Sinister, and a British film called Host. But the average BPM of someone watching Hereditary in this study was at 80, 82 BPM, which is about 20, 15, 20 beats per minute over average resting heart rate. Mm. And that's average throughout the two-hour film. And so oh, okay. it builds suspense in a way that affects a lot of people. And... It definitely, if you're prone to believing in, you know, the stuff that we don't understand, like, I kind of do just because I, I, there's not really like a natural explanation for some of this stuff. And therefore it terrifies the hell out of me. <laughs> I mean, you can offer me feedback. You can say, hey, Max, don't lose your head. But, you know, um, I will. And so will others. But, yeah, yeah. I mean, I think even if we don't think it's totally scary, I think some of the images that we see are terrifying. Um, Almost certainly. The uh, Annie hanging from the ceiling, severing her body, the uh, any corpse, uh, the entire final scene in the treehouse... Um, Alex Wolf in the mirror in the classroom, the breaking of the nose, um, God, any of it is, I mean, it, I, that, that's enough to frighten me and, and leave me just done. I mean, hell, even the decapitation of Charlie. Yeah. No, thank you. Yeah, she got molly by that pole. <laughs> Skill is shit, dude. <laughs> <laughs> that was a joke that was a joke everybody that was obviously her brother's fault that she got decapitated it was obviously the mother's fault because why else was she at this party i mean i mean let's let's take it back there i mean so their mom dies or her her mother or her gram charlie's grandmother peter's grandmother you know her mom's mom dies and um we see, we get a we get a little glimpse of this necklace that she's wearing. When I saw that, I was like, "Oh, some like family logo or like crest or whatever." I don't know. I didn't really think much of it. Um, and then, 
you know, nothing kind of really happens for the next 20 minutes. You know, she's just kind of yeah. dealing with the grief. Um, the Charlie is acting very weird. Um, like she freaking beheads a pigeon that hit a window. Yeah, when she was at school, which is, you know, strange behavior. Um, um, Annie, she, her occupation is pretty cool. She's like a miniature maker or whatever, like an artist yeah. of some sort. Yeah, she makes miniatures and and she creates them based off of like things that are occurring in the li- in her life. You know, she recreates the bedroom, parts of the house, and things that she sees because she occasionally like has visions of her mother, like being alive, um, kind of like a ghost you know, stalking the house and stalking her and what, like being like a curse almost. It's not even like, it's not like a, a serene spirit. It's like, okay, this is, this is something wrong here. It's totally like, it's very clear. Like, okay, this, this old woman, old lady is not a good, uh, good person. There's no. <laughs> some bad wrong, something wrong here. Yeah, I mean, she's sitting in the field, and there's just she's surrounded by fire. If that's not a clear bad omen, yeah. I don't know what is. Yeah, yeah, and there's lots of foreshadowing too in the film. Um, you know, one one instance that that pops out to me is when um, Peter goes to that party with her sister or with his sister, and you know he goes upstairs to smoke weed. And that there's a video playing of like these two these two people laying on a bed watching a a, a guy get beheaded by a guillotine. Did you really? catch that? No, I didn't. Yeah, when he go so the first shot in that room is of these like yeah these two people laying on the bed and they're watching like a video on their iPad or something, and the video is some guy getting beheaded by a guillotine. Oh, and I was like, wow. what? why are they watching? Who watches that? Like, and it's like in black and white. It's old, you know. I'm like, that's weird. That just stood out to me. I was like, okay. And then, wow. you know, well, you know, a couple, you know, several minutes later, Charlie gets absolutely murked by the pole. God, um, <laughs> crazy. <laughs> she she ate some cake, had some walnuts. I mean, come on, bro, peanut allergy. Come on, skill issue. I'm just kidding, anyway. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. <laughs> I mean, it is. It, it is. I mean, no, it's who, a joke. Who goes, uh, I'm I, kidding. I'm I'll go back weird. to it. I'll, I'll go back to it. Who who goes to a party without their EpiPen? Who makes their daughter go to a party? Who lies to their mother? Oh, I'm going to a school thing. I mean, a lot of us do that one, actually. Um, but, uh, <laughs> like... <laughs> Yes, yes, Peter lies that it's a school function, but also it's his thing. They don't go to the same school, do they? No. No, she's like 13. He's like 17, 18, whatever. He's older. They don't go to the same school. Yeah, I don't know why Annie was like, I mean, she was just trying to prevent him from drinking or doing anything. But like, you know, I don't know. It's just yeah. weird. Why would you send your young daughter to a party? Like she knew where he was going, you know? Yeah. 
Like, why would you send your young daughter to a party with like a bunch of older teenagers? You know, like that's so weird. Um, and if you want to be technical, she did prevent him from drinking. He just smoked weed instead. He didn't smoke weed. He still was high. You can't, you can't drink. You can't drive while you're high. <laughs> still illegal. I mean, hey, um, he didn't run over that deer. I'm like, dude, it's already laying on the ground. Just drive over it, bro. No, or just, I don't know, I don't know, or slow I down. Didn't do it. Slow down and potentially kill her from anaphylaxis instead. Oh, yeah, because she was choking. That's right. Dude, and that too. Yeah. Like, where do they live? They live in the middle of nowhere. I have no basis for this, <laughs> but it just feels New Englandy. It to feels me, it like that. Ma- it felt like Colorado. It felt like they lived in Colorado. I don't know. Like, in like. Like Central Colorado. It was filmed in Utah. Oh. But, I mean, that's right next to Colorado. But I'm trying to find where where it's set because I don't think they're clear about that. I don't think they have to be. No, it doesn't really matter. Could be in your own backyard. <laughs> I thought I would try out an evil laugh. It didn't really work, did it? But um, yeah. And so that's like the first event that happens where it's like, okay, um, things are things are going downhill pretty quickly because like that that scene because because he doesn't even Peter he stops the car after it happens. And it's just like sitting there in shock. I'm in shock too. I'm like, w- excuse me? What the, what? Yeah, I was in denial. I didn't think that she would act, she was actually dead. I thought that um, she was going to have a more prominent role in the film. And Agreed. the fact that they killed her off so quickly, I was like, that's weird. I genuinely thought that she wasn't dead and maybe he was just like dreaming or something, something. I don't know. Cause, cause that happens in the film. There are like dream sequences. Cause the mother, uh, Annie, she's a sleepwalker and throughout the entire film, she's like getting possessed. And this is where the confusion sets in for me. Mm. And, and this is when it gets really wild. Um, yeah, after Charlie's death, it's kind of like everything goes downhill from here. Um, and that that shot of uh, Peter laying in his bed with his eyes open, and all you hear is um, his mom scream as she finds Charlie's decapitated body in the car. That's that 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 was terrifying. I thought that was one of the scariest things in the entire film. Sickening. Yeah, that that part was really good. Um and yeah, props to Tony Collette for her performance. She was very very good in this. Oh yeah. Out outshined 
everyone <laughs> by a mile, <laughs> in my opinion. Yeah, I, I I'm with you there. Yeah, yeah. I um, mean, what I think got me consistently was the um the the tongue click the uh. Oh yeah, the the thing that Charlie did, yeah, with their with their mouth, and the um. The when she's in in um, Peter's room and then the head falls and it's just a ball. Oh yeah, it was <laughs> such a good shot. I loved that. Oh my god, that that was also a very terrifying moment for me because I was like, oh god, what is gonna happen here? Is she gonna kill him? Oink. Head falls. She tried. She tried. Yeah. Cause Charlie, cause Charlie takes, she like takes possession of her mom, her mom's body, mm. right? Correct. See, I thought, yes, because like thinking back on it, I see it as like that demon, the king thing, Payman. Yeah, I'm seeing it as him looking for a new host. Though I don't think it makes sense considering they're like, oh, we need a male body. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah, that make, it makes sense that it's Charlie. Yeah, and I think because um, you know we see Annie go to like a like sort of like an AA meeting, but for people grieving for lost one lost lost loved ones, and this yeah. and this random woman like confronts her and and invites her to her home. And then, Freaking like jelly. on the second, the second meeting, they do a séance, and so that you know that plants that seed in in her mind to do it for Charlie, because it you know what we see. I mean, it's pretty crazy. It's a crazy sequence when um, they're doing the séance together, and she's like contacting her grandma, her grand grandson. That drowned, yeah. and he's yes, like writing. He's writing something on the chalkboard because it was something that he owned. It was his item, so he's like writing it. He's like, "I love you, Grammy," or something like that, or "Hi, Grammy, I love you," whatever it was. So like something wholesome, yeah. but you know, it's still like, it's it's off. You know, there's something off about it. It's like you shouldn't be doing this. This is something no one should be doing. You shouldn't be messing with demons and spirits like that like they're toys you know that that will nothing good ever happens when you're uh conjuring spirits <laughs> like, you're just inviting just bad energy and juju into your life you know like there's never a good reason to do any of that in we my get opinion. to this we get to the seance we're in the f around phase and then after the seance we're kind of just finding out <laughs> it's great what a time to find out too yeah yeah because annie annie does it off screen by herself it works and then she she convinces her husband and peter to kind of be a part of it and i'm thinking like bruh if i'm awoken at two in the morning uh by my wife or whatever to freaking do a seance, I'm like, 
I'm out, dog. I'm out. Where are the divorce papers? File divorce immediately? No, I'm kidding. But um, you said you said he's the the villain. I did. I mean, I think I feel like he's most qualified to see when problems are arising, and even if he doesn't like act on him, he should say something like, "Hey." I think that this is problematic and we should try and do something. He's not a problem solver. He is a let's sit back and see how this plays out kind of guy, it feels to me. Because he's a, Steve is a psychiatrist who, you know, un- tries to understand how people's minds work and understands psychiatric disorders and, and gets th- that, that people can have things wrong with them. And you've got not only the generational idea that the grandmother had dissociative identity disorder on top of, you know, uh, what, hallucinations and other other bouts of, of schizophrenia. Another family member of Annie's also had schizophrenia. You know, you're, you're, you're banking on all of these genetic... Um, I, I'm trying not to use the title of the film right now. I'm trying so hard. <laughs> I'm fine, I'm going to do it. You've got all these um, hereditary disorders that get passed down from generation to generation. And you th- you're with your wife. You've known her for hopefully more than 16 years. And you, you've got no idea that, you know, maybe there's a possible chance for 20 years that she's been suffering from DID or schizophrenia or bipolar or anything. And you, you don't do anything. There's no evidence or she doesn't say anything about going to therapy or working on herself. Uh, there's no evidence of that. I mean, she lies to Peter that she's going, Annie lies to Peter that she's going to grief counseling. She says she's going to the movies, but um, like Annie doesn't have any friends, obviously outside of that. And, and, and Steve is like, Yes, this is completely normal. This is fine. <laughs> and yeah, it does nothing about it. I mean, when you look at it in that perspective, sure. He's even the after, villain, I guess. Yeah, but he, I he, think there's... he notices. Sorry. No, no, no. Continue, continue. He notices that Charlie's behavior is off. He notices that Peter's behavior is off. He's like, "This is weird. This is bad. This is dumb. Let's not do this." He's like. You are building a miniature of your son decapitated in his bed. Hey, sweetheart, and, don't do that. And also, she made a miniature of Charlie's beheading. Yeah. And, 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 and he thought, yes, there's nothing wrong with this. This picture is perfect, as it is. What? What are you doing? What are you doing? I mean... I, I I'm kind. I guess I'm kind of pleased that he just human torched himself uh, at the end. He didn't though. That was out of his control. It was out of his control. But you know what? Good. <laughs> the same. That. I don't think he deserved that. Same as same in Night of the Living Dead. Good. <laughs> None of them deserve to live. None of them are are. I say I say skill issue when you know Charlie gets batted, but. I take that back, but then you say good when he gets <laughs> burned alive. 
I laugh at the skill issue. I think that's funny. I mean, I think the the the, the whole humor comes from the word murked, especially since we were using you were using it last week on with like freaking I don't know JFK. Yeah, yeah, JFK, like, JFK, and, um, MLK. It's a little bit different when we're talking about the fictional character of Charlie. You're right, you're right. I know. I'm sorry. Insensitive, insensitive. I'm sorry. No, no, it's not. But like, I mean, it is. But like, it's also kind of funny. But like, yeah. yeah. I mean, if Steve lives, what's the point? He doesn't believe in any of this stuff. He's going to shut it out, and he's just what you know, move towns with and say, "Oh, by the no, way, that's true." I mean, my yeah. wife has been possessed by a demon, and my son is now a demon king, and my daughter's been beheaded and used as ornamentation. And that's you know, it's like inter- like confusing to me. Okay, so I clearly get that after the seance that Annie does with her family. Yeah, like she's getting possessed by Charlie. Correct? Is that correct? I'm correct in that. And then what is happening with Peter then? Is he getting like. What's going on with him? Is that his grandma that's doing something to him? Like, what's what's going on there? I don't think he gets. I don't think he gets possessed until the end. Because I think these this is the other spirits. Um, either being around him and affecting him. Like, I think that the, um, the slamming, I mean, this, the breaking of the nose is probably a slight possession by, um, heck, maybe it's the grandmother. But maybe. It it feel like looking into the mirror and seeing the smile doesn't make me think that it's um him being possessed. It makes me feel like it's um there's a demon around him trying to yeah. mess with him. Like I mean, you saw you see the the glare that kind of makes its way down the hall and points to where you know he should go. Yeah, that light. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Movie. That like that blue light yeah. ring, whatever. Yeah, and it finally ends like. Entering him. Because um, Charlie also saw that too before she died. She saw that same exact light. Did she? Yeah, she did. So maybe it maybe it was like a demon. Or maybe it was a grandma. I, I don't know. I feel like it was a grandma. Like trying to to mess with them or something. I don't know. Cause yeah. I mean, let's I mean let's be frank. When your grandma is involved in the occult and is actively playing with demons and like learning a bunch of demon lore, which by the way, um, little side tangent about the demon lore, like who even wrote this stuff? You know, who, who wrote about King payment and, and all these demons, these Kings of hell and all this stuff. I'm like, because last time I checked, I know for sure none of this is in the Bible, for one. Uh, and two, like, you know, this isn't written from divine inspiration like the Bible is. And it's obviously, like, all these demons are from the, these are, like, from the Christian 
like universe. You know what I mean? Right. So it's like yeah. who who is who is writing about this stuff? You know who got yeah. up one day in like the 1400s or whatever this was written and was like, all right, I'm gonna start writing about demons. He is. Uh, he came about in the mid 17th century. You know, back when witches were a thing. <laughs> yeah. Um. It's a spirit named in Grimoire or Book of Spells, Magic Books, Spell Book, mm. that sort of thing. Um, it, it's, it's European in origin, um, generally. So, you know, those crazy Brits really, uh, I mean, they're not guaranteed to be Brits, but, you know, those crazy... Crazy Europeans. Yeah, man. They saw what was going on with the royal families. And they were like, you know what? Maybe this Christian thing isn't working out for them. So let's go complete 180 opposite direction and uh, side with the devil. <laughs> Maybe he has Some something of... to say. <laughs> like, what? Let's see. A lot of them are... French. A lot of the authors of some of the books that mention payment are French. There's a Dutch guy... Uh, Johan Weyer wrote some books of, against the trials and persecutions of those in involved in witchcraft. But he also critiqued um, witchcraft and like and the belief in demons on the other side and naming name dropping a ton of demons is like you know the way to go, way to disprove your claim. Yeah, it's crazy because it's like, I don't know. I mean, because when you're when you're actively involved in those in the in those things, like you're acknowledging the existence of God in in a, indirectly, and yet you are going and siding with pure evil, you know, for the sake of power. Because it's like. I mean, that's to get all theological here, but um, from from the perspective of of being a Christian, for me, you know, when the devil has control over the world, like Satan has power in in the physical human world, but obviously, you know, God triumphs over all of that through Jesus, you know, with sin and all that, him being um, uh, resurrected and triumphing, uh, trumping over death, um, you know, his resurrection. Um, but, like, I don't know. It's just wild to me. I, can't, I just can't imagine. I don't know. It's, it's weird that people, I, I know it's, like, very niche and obscure, but it's still crazy to me that like people are out there that practice those things and are involved in that stuff. You know what I mean? I don't know. I just find that very terrifying. <laughs> That's fair. I mean, they don't necessarily clarify a reason for any of it either. 
Oh no, no. They don't really like, say. Your grandma's some like she's some like old Midwestern white woman. Yeah, you know, like the last person you think she'd be involved yeah. in the occult, but I guess they're into that stuff. Yeah, you it's know, just like it's a hobby. Yeah, yeah, and and maybe that that's a part of like the terrifying aspect about it. It's like it's such a you never expect someone like that to be involved in these these types of things but you know lo and behold uh, here you go uh they are you know they're probably bored they were probably bored they were like you know what let's see what this does yeah does this actually work well i'd Um, I'd give a good i'd give i'd give a good amount of money to see a prequel of this (laughs) mostly not not like for the terror but mostly for the plot reasons, just because I feel like there's there's motivation that that is lost on me. Because like the 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 will of the demons is to just get a male host, which is fine. And there's really like only one option, but like I think that that is foreshadowed as well. With you know the dream within a dream that Annie has. Uh-huh. The first one with the uh, the ants going yeah. into um, the dead body of yeah. Peter, and then she's at his foot and he's up, and she says, "You know, I wish you weren't my son, or I wasn't your mother, or that you weren't born, or I tried to have a miscarriage, I tried to kill you." Yeah, and the payment host latched onto Charlie first, which is why they 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 say, you know. We need to correct your original female form to give you a male host, which is going to be Peter, um, in the uh, attic or um, treehouse. But the uh, she Annie in that scene, I think, kind of reveals a little bit like Peter wasn't supposed to be. A son, and because the grandma didn't have, wasn't around to parent and raise Peter, that that's how he kind of missed it at the start. And so, what he experiences at the end is shock and 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 stress and trauma and grief. Whereas Charlie has been dealing with the occult with grandma for the longest time because she's been around to raise the kid. Kind of rubs off on her. And so Payman kind of la- hitches a ride on the daughter, despite it being kind of an insufficient host and kind of collateral damage uh-huh. at this point. <clears throat> Which... Well, and I know the, and I know the film, like, I, okay, I know the theme is like family trauma, um, but I, I, I don't know, I, I guess it was hard for me kind of to decipher that. Did you see anything that was leaning in that direction? Because I know it's there, but I just, I don't, I have a hard time, I had a hard time trying to see that. I mean, I think there's a strong line within the female characters of the film that kind of shows that, at least with the mental anguish or mental illness or anything like that, um, from Grandma down to Annie, down to Charlie, there's been that kind of realm, uh, that idea of due to being raised by this person this has been able to come into your life 
Because Peter's not experiencing any of these issues until after Charlie's death. Charlie was raised by, by, by grandma and mom. Mom was great, raised by grandma. Grandma's rubbing off on, in, in this way on her offspring. The um, kind, of, it kind of sounds demonic when I use the word offspring, doesn't it? Uh, you've got the... Um, that sort of... Because of the way you've been parented, this is the way that you believe or live or something like that. And the, um, I also think that it's, um, like sort of the crowning of a new generation because the grandma's dead, but we still feel her presence. I mean, she's called, they call her queen. Um, and the effects of the generations before imprinting themselves on the future. For example, Peter's 16. He is now in this treehouse surrounded by mostly naked people bowing before him, being crowned with a crown that was previously on an ornamental statue adorned with the decapitated head of his little sister. Uh, They take the crown from Charlie's head, just her head, and put it on Peter to crown him for this new reign. And he, he's the new host, which is terrifying. And then, by the way, may I just add, the hard left turn into freaking Joni Mitchell's both sides now, what's up with that? What is up with that? Like, in, in, the, in the credits, like, I get it, it's like a, you could make it a spiritual metaphor for, like, this, yeah. the demon realm in here, but, like, Jesus, the hard left turn from the demonic crown and the naked worshippers to Joni Mitchell's both sides now. <laughs> no, thank you, <laughs> but no. Yeah, I didn't. I didn't watch the credits, so I, I didn't. I didn't catch but, that. But that's the um. I mean that I did pick up on it, but mostly because I think I was looking for it because mm. I also heard that that was the theme. I just kind of was keeping a more, uh, bigger eye open for that. Oh, okay. I mean, some of those images were doing really a lot of work to push me off of that idea. I mean, yeah, for God's uh, sakes, the, the cutting yeah, through the final, her own neck. I mean, those, the final, like, 20 minutes or however long that sequence was when... um when Annie was like fully possessed at this point and was trying to kill Peter. Yeah. Okay. So if that means, if that means she was possessed, who was she possessed by? And she was, was she trying to kill Peter or just like lead him to the treehouse? I, I'm willing to bet it was lead him to the treehouse. Because, I mean, Charlie's not being possessed. Grandma's not being possessed. Because Grandma's dead. Yeah, Grandma is dead. And she was taken out of her grave. It's alleged by Annie that Steve alleges. Yeah, that she did it. But she probably didn't. I don't think she did. did. It makes sense that she did. I think it was the other occult members that did it. I don't think so. Because I... 
I think it makes sense that she would cover it up, or at least not remember it, because she doesn't remember that she's sleepwalking. She doesn't know how no, she got in Peter's true. room. She doesn't know how she's choking him. Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah. That's, um, yeah. But, uh... Yeah, but, like, that sequence when... The, the first shot when Peter's laying in his bed at the pitch of like the heat of the height of the, the night and his mom is in the corner like the the where the the ceiling meets the wall yes and she's just, like spider-manning it in the corner and you just see her <laughs> like you just see her stalking him yeah like from that spot and the camera's just in this like very cold and the way that this film is shot too, it's very distant and there's not many um the camera doesn't give much in the way of like sympathy towards these characters. It's very distant and cold, at least for my kind of how I saw it. Um I mean yeah. the way it was shot. So, you know, props to Aster and um the cinematographer for that one but um yeah that wide shot of of uh of him laying in the bed and his mom above him like that is crazy yeah. oh my gosh and they do it oh, again man. when he comes downstairs that's terrifying yeah i mean <laughs> i i had to turn the lights on when we were recording this because I was seated, I was seated, and the camera was positioned, and the light was in such a way that it was just a dark cloud over my right shoulder, and I was kind of worried that I was just going to see a face come from the wall behind me. <laughs> and so we've turned the lights on now. Oh, good, good. Yeah. So we're clearly having a positive effect on my mental health. <laughs> <laughs> That's and then the she max. flies out of the room. Mm-hmm. Yeah, behind his back, like silently, yep. just flies out of the room. I'm like, okay, well, all right. So this is taking a turn for the worse, <laughs> uh, dude. And also, too, like when his dad gets burned in the flames, cause he, she throw, because at that point, she wasn't possess fully possessed yet. She was still in her own mental capacity. Annie, right? She throws yeah. Charlie's book in the f in the fireplace, and then he bursts in the flames. But they were never yeah. connected, though. Were they? No, right? I mean, I think... What if when she kissed him? That's sort of the only thing that goes back to me. Because, like, the rules aren't very well explained. No, I think like... it's, but I think the point is to kind of, we don't know what their rules are. All we know is that this stuff is happening and it's kind of nobody's fault because no, nothing was explained, which maybe could again tie back to that generational trauma thing. But like my, yeah. the only spot where I noticed it is she kisses him before she throws the book. Mm. Like she pours the lighter fluid on and then she's like, you are my soulmate. I love you. And then lights him up like a marshmallow. Yeah, because he's refusing to throw it in there. Because he's like, this is ridiculous. Why are we doing this? This is so stupid. 
Um, and then she throws it, takes it from him, throws it in there, and he freaking dies. Gets absolutely cooked like a chicken on a, or like a pig on, like a pig on a. Spit. You know what I'm talking about. I do. Or like al pastor, like al pastor. Uh, do you know what that is? No. No. Okay. Well, any of my um, my Mexican homies listening, they know what I'm talking about. Um, but yeah, man got absolutely lit up like a firework on Fourth of July, and it's <laughs> <laughs> the best one yet. <laughs> Skill issue. I mean, dude, dude didn't, dude did not foresee that. I mean, he should have, he should have seen that coming. Nah, just kidding. He had no idea. I had no idea that he was gonna go burst into flames. But anyways, yeah, <laughs> he gets absolutely cooked. Um, like my saints do every week. And <laughs> and uh, <laughs> um Yeah, and yeah. so then the chase chase begins. Um, which was very terrifying. And I gotta I gotta hand it, you know, no jump scares, thank God. Because when horror films use jump scares, it's very cheap, very bad, not very creative, not nothing inspirational about, about jump scares, okay? Especially when it's very cheap, you know, it, it's just not, it's not good. Um, there are some good instances of it in some films, but most of the time, jump scares aren't really... Uh, used in a good capacity because I think good ho- directors, good horror film directors, build that sense of dread using suspense, um, and their editing, and the uh the events of the story to kind of heighten that horror. That's that's a lot better than oh here you go here's something popping up on the screen, yeah to scare you oh because you could. You could reshoot that scene with um, Annie on the ceiling behind Peter. You could reshoot that to make it a jump scare and squeeze that little bonus piece of fright in that second, but it makes it less effective. Because, you know, if you've got Peter in the center of the shot blocking out the corner of the ceiling where Mom is, and then you pivot to the side and she's there, and you have that, like, flare in the music and you've got that bum, everyone's scared... But then we come down from it and we're like, okay, she's just up there now. That's just how mm-hmm. it is. Yeah. Whereas if we start, take it. Yeah. If we start yeah. and we see her, yeah. we not only understand that this is wrong and scary and creepy and unusual, but we have no idea what she's about to do next. Yeah, exactly. Because you're just sitting there. You're just waiting for something to happen. Because she could very well here. jump down from the ceiling and get him, and that could be a jump square. Yeah, but then she, but nothing then happens. She just sits there and watches him the entire time. Yeah, and it's brilliant. It's brilliant. And then she disappears, and then she comes from the darkened corner on the opposite side of the room that no one is expecting, and immediately starts a chase, which is again prolonged stress and and tension building. Not just one cheap scare, because it starts as a scare, and then it gets even more, because what's going to happen when she catches him? 
probably kills oh. him. Like, yeah, probably. I mean, nothing I, good. Yeah. And then he ends up in the attic. He he escapes for a moment of time. And she's like on the ceiling, like Spider-Man, banging her head on the attic door. <laughs> she's, she's listening to System of a Down, you know, banging her head on the attic ceiling door, whatever. Um, God. <laughs> <laughs> and he's walking around in the attic and dude man and then there's another figure in the shadow in the background when he walks in there initially yeah there you is yep oh my gosh i was like bro this just never ends does it <laughs> and then he and then he sees um the uh the candles in his face like a picture of him in his face like on the floor there's a bunch of candles around it, and it's just like, oh my gosh. The eyes are poked out in the picture, too. Oh, that's right. Yeah, that's right. And then he turns around, and he sees... who does, who's, who's standing there naked? Who is it? Was it... Oh, it was... One looked like Joan. One looked like his teacher. And oh, one was yeah. like somebody we hadn't teacher. even seen. Uh-huh. But either way, like, they were all... What, what were you saying? It's not like we had enough prominent extras to feature. It's not like it's people that we've seen throughout. It's just, you know, that shot of the house. There's just, oh, there. that's a ton of naked people standing in the woods staring at the house. Dope. No, but in the attic, in the attic, he sees... Yeah. Like, yeah, yeah. He sees three people. I don't know who the three people are. They're not... I don't think it, they're identified specifically or anything, but it's it's the fact that they're there. That's mm-hmm. terrifying. Very, uh, very unsettling. And then you see Annie teleport inside the attic, beheading herself using, um, was it fish wire or whatever? I don't know. Something oh, like no, it's like uh, that that wire that... Um, uh, what do you call people that use clay, like potters? What do you call them? Oh, yeah. Yeah, they use that. She was using that to cut herself, her throat, her head off. Yeah, that was very unsettling. The man jumps out the window. <laughs> I mean, valid. I was like, you know what? That's valid. That's valid. Yeah. And and then my my survival brain kicked in. I'm like, bro, get up, get in that car, and dip, bro. You don't you don't need to be there anymore. You're outside now. And he sees headless mom heading up to the treehouse, and he's like, "You know what? Might as well." Well, no, he's in the flower bed, and the demon. I mean, he's in the flower bed, and the the light kind of converges on him. At that point, he's no longer himself. Him following into the treehouse is not him. Be acting. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Yeah, I mean that ending is. uh... I don't know, very, very interesting, because, like, oh, uh, um, yeah, not good, not good. Yeah, they chant, very they bad, chant, very bad. and then it goes, moons and junes and ferris wheels and ice cream castles. No! <laughs> <laughs> No, and to further quote my uh, my review, no, 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 
No. Yeah. 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 Um, now, I do want to talk about, though, is, like, the reception of this film and the reputation that it has. Absolutely. I kind of alluded to that in the beginning um, and how a lot of people say this is one of the best horror films of the generation of all time. And like I mentioned, I mentioned a bunch of like horror films that I've seen. And, you know, now that I think about it, I'm not a big fan of the genre, but I've seen quite a few. You know, I've seen uh, aside of the ones that I mentioned earlier. Like I've seen Cure, I've seen Saw, I've seen The Conjuring, I've seen um, Night of the Living Dead. You know, recently for the for the podcast, uh, and now this. Um, you know, there's other films that I want to watch, like Dawn of the Dead. That's another George Romero film, and I also want to watch. Uh, um, the Wicker Man. I want to see that. I want to see uh, what else. I don't know. Other stuff. Other stuff. But like, I don't know. I don't think. Oh, I've also seen Get Out. I've seen Get Out, and I think Get Out is like infinitely better than this, in my opinion. You know, because the is way I. No, oh, you're gonna, uh, no, the way I the way I see horror as a genre, a lot of the classics and a lot of the great horror films, they 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 are in the way social commentaries. And in Hereditary, I don't really see any of that. I don't get anything out of this film. Um, and I know there's a discussion to be had about like entertainment versus um educational like filmmaking and there's obviously a a time and a place for for pure entertainment you know i i like my my uh transformers movies you know the michael bay films they're trash they're absolutely horrifically bad but they're fun to watch you know it's campy it's corny but i you know i like watching Big giant robots beat each other up. It's fun. And Shia LaBeouf saying no, 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 no. Um, and him getting bouts of schizophrenia and him gibbering and jabbering. Absolute nonsense. Uh, that's fun to watch, but it's not good. <laughs> so, <laughs> you know. Uh, it's it, it, like... I'm not saying Hereditary is a bad film, but it's not a bad film. It's not bad in any way. Um, I just I don't see the the praise for it being so justified, in my opinion. Um, because like it uses um, because I was reading a review from uh, Darren Carver Bowsinger, who I mentioned mentioned earlier. I think I mentioned him in our last. Uh, last episode or a couple episodes ago, I think so. Yeah, uh, and he's he's well more versed. He's a lot he, horror horror is a is a genre that he's very well versed in. Um, he's seen a lot of horror films, 
And so in his review, he was talking about very common tropes, overused tropes that are in this film that he didn't really kind of like. He just thought it was like a rehashing uh, of a lot of those things. And, you know, most most the the film that comes to mind is The Exorcist, obviously, the OG possession horror film. I do want to see that at some point. Eh, I don't know. I'm kind of more iffy on that one. I don't know if I really want to watch that because it deals with possession and demons. And I don't know if I really want to watch that. Although I do want to watch Possession, the Polish Polish horror film. I do want to watch that at some point. Um, but yeah, he was just kind of talking about how this film uh, doesn't. There's nothing too groundbreaking or original about it, so it doesn't necessarily warrant. Uh, the uh, the praise that it gets, um, and I I kind of agree with him on that. I don't know. I mean, I mean, it's it's not a bad film in any way. I think this the 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 horror itself is very good. It's a very well directed horror film in that in that vacuum. But when I when I watch horror, I I want I I'm expecting something beyond being scared you know yeah i mean uh, that's, that's, good. Yeah. that's what i was going to ask you right before you said it is like do you think this has something to do with uh social commentary and whether or not that's readily um available for you to spot on the first time around i mean i don't i don't think so no I mean, it's what it's kind of what you said. I mean, Get Out. I feel like it, I haven't seen it, but it it probably I assume it's a little bit more clear about what it's saying about society. I mean, Saw more clear about what it's saying. Um, this one isn't, but I'm I'm, I'm interested. Like, is just because it reuses the tropes in the past or, or pieces from a genre that's existed for 40, 50, 60 years, does that necessarily mean that it diminishes its achievement if it uses them to make a new, no, a different I don't, story? I don't think so. Um, it, it doesn't make it original, but like, does it, it doesn't, you could, you could reuse things and you could still make it great. Uh, mm-hmm. I don't think it's impossible for a, f- a filmmaker to copy ideas from older films and other filmmakers and then kind of put it, their own twist on it and not make it good. I think that's certainly a possibility. Um, and again, I think it is good. I think it's a good film. Um, but again, it, it lacks for me in, in that. And that's why I was trying to, to, trying to gauge whether or not there's like this... Cause there's clearly something there about family trauma, but it's not very clear. It's not the like the forefront of the film, I think. Fair. You know? Cuz like That's the fair. climax, the climax of the film it becomes it becomes something about possession in and of itself and and like demon lore and it's, and all that stuff more, and it's like um it's, it's more plot-based instead of more theme-based. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, whereas Get Out, it's the con, the the conclusion, the climax to that film. While both very satisfying to watch and 
very cathartic and also terrifying in its own right. But there's, it's a culmination of what we were watching, you know, what the audience was watching leading up to that point, leading up to that moment. Um, Obviously, I'm not going to give it away, but because you haven't seen it, but yeah. um, Get out. Um, and nope for that matter us I didn't really like that much from Jordan Peele um, but yeah Get Out was certainly a way better horror film than this uh, yeah I mean I I don't have a comment I don't watch horror that much good Um. yeah I mean I'm 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 very content with my occasional dip into the terror pool because yeah, I, I, I don't like it. It doesn't make me feel good and think good things. <laughs> and then yeah. I think there's somebody behind me and now mm. Almost certainly. I mean I don't I don't really like the horror genre, but I'm interested in watching like what is considered to be the greatest horror films of all time. You know what I mean? Cause I want to see, I want to see what's, what's all the fuss about. You know what I mean? Yeah. That's fair. Except the way that I see that is, Oh, I'm going to watch the best horror films of all time so they can figure out the best and most effective ways to leave me scared, paranoid, and petrified. <laughs> <That's true. laughs> Why waste my time on, B movies from Netflix uh, that have ju- a few jump scares and a few supernatural claims and 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 scare myself on those when I can just focus on the best of the best and wet my pants every single night. <laughs> hey, well, some some aren't that scary. Like, there's some. Okay, some some of them are terrifying, but uh, some some aren't that bad are you trying to console me yeah i'm trying to lessen <laughs> kind of lessen the blow for you <laughs> okay fair enough okay touche <laughs> <laughs> oh man but yeah um i know what i'm saying is a hot take because i a lot of people love this film yeah and you know it's all fine and dandy but ari aster he ain't it dog he ain't it it's Amar. Mid yeah. Amar. <laughs> <laughs> it's in the name, bro. <laughs> it's in the name. Bo is afraid. No, I. I haven't afraid. seen. I haven't seen that though. I haven't seen Bo is afraid. I haven't seen that. So. No, that was my first Ari Aster. You see so. Bo is afraid. No. Oh, oh, oh. No, hereditary. Oh, hereditary. hereditary. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, God. Never again. I'm good. Yeah. Yeah, never again. I'm I'm with you. I, I, I don't plan on ever watching this ever again. If I don't yeah. need to. Yeah. I'm good. I'm good. Cool. <laughs> yeah. Next week, Wes Craven's Scream. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I'm actually okay with that. <laughs> I'm actually no, okay with that. No. No, 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 no. But this is our bonus episode on um 
what was it called? Hereditary. There we go. <laughs> uh, uh, <sighs> hereditary. Um, but yeah, that's, uh, I think, I don't know. Do you have any other thoughts or things to say? Yeah. No, I don't. I mean, I, I was, I was scared. That's about it. <laughs> yeah. It was a scary movie. Um, I do want to say, you know, the family is pretty cool that they're driving Volvo station wagons. I like that a lot. That's that's pretty dope. I like that they're driving wagons. Forgot driving you were gonna Volvo mention the car. Wagons. I love that. Pretty based. Pretty based. But then um you know, skill issue of course for Charlie and uh God Dad. Um <laughs> and also too, you know, skill issue for for um Annie, she's the biggest skill issue. I mean, come on. Why are you getting possessed? Why are you letting possession happen to you, bro? Taking your own head off. All you got to say, all you got to say is like the the name, the power, what is it? The name of Jesus compels you. That's all you got to say, bro. You're good. <laughs> yeah, bring the crucifix. <laughs> Tomorrow's episode. Maybe slightly lighter. I don't know. We'll have to see. But it's uh, <laughs> Eraserhead from David Lynch. Mm-hmm. Um, our first Lynch film on the podcast. I know that both... Yeah. But I know that Tristan and I are both fans of Twin Peaks. And so... Yep. Yeah, he's seen Lynch. more of the films than me. But uh, he's, he's great. David Lynch is great. Oh, yeah. I, I do love... The idea of there being a Lynch film coming up, and I'm really excited to uh, talk about that one. And I hope you, that you'll enjoy it. But this has been our uh, bonus ep- Halloween episode on Hereditary. If you could think of any more occasions where you, where, where we can do this, or you want to do this uh, online, odyssey.of.cinema on Instagram. Let us know. Let us know, yeah. I mean, heck, we put this up for a poll. This episode was up for a uh, option. You had an option between three. And thank you to our lovely voters who picked this one. I don't like you. Please stop. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, as I said last week, like, I really didn't want to watch this. I was forced at gunpoint. No, I wasn't. I'm kidding. Um, I was about to end the podcast because I had to watch Hereditary. Anyways, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. <laughs> Watching it. <laughs> and I hated and loved every second of it. What nah, more it wasn't that bad. It wasn't that bad. It really wasn't that bad. Oh. I, I, it wasn't that bad. I was only like paranoid for a couple hours. You know, not not the whole day. <laughs> I'm done. I'm done. <laughs> um, no more scary movies for Max. That's the last one he'll watch. Thank you. Um, but yeah, next week, uh, David Lynch's directorial debut, Eraserhead. Uh, it's a weird one, a very weird one. Sets the tone perfectly for the rest of his career. That's for sure. Um, yeah. Uh. It, prepare yourselves for that um everybody i hope uh 
you've uh, enjoyed today's bonus episode. And again, yeah, if there's anything, um, any other special occasions, like, I don't know, Thanksgiving or Christmas or whatever. Oh, yeah. Um, definitely Christmas, obviously. But, um, oh, yeah. Yeah. If, uh, yeah, if there's anything out there, just let us know. Well, we can make more polls for stuff like that. Um, yeah. Uh, this has been Hereditary, the Halloween bonus episode. We'll catch you guys tomorrow for Eraserhead. Uh, this has been the Cinematic Odyssey. Forever.